You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani alongside Tom Schreier. If you like what you're hearing, give us a follow, Inside Purple and Gold, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, If you're following us, you will not have to go search. Anytime we drop an episode, it'll just end up on your phone or whatever listening device you use. Tom, we piled on the defense in segment one, um, but at the end of it, you, you made a good point. Like The onus is going to be on the offense this weekend, we think. You know, like mm-hmm. this is a team, you know, I, I guess there's a world in which Matt Ryan dials, turns the clock back and, and lights this team up, but I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Um, I doubt the Jeff Saturday new, newly in charge is going to just kind of turn this thing into a shootout. I think, like you said, they're going to just try and keep it close, escape with the win. So it'll be on the offense, uh, which leads me to, to my next question. Like, should we be concerned about the running game? Because the the, the Vikings came out, against Detroit. And, and I get it. Dalvin Cook had 96 yards in week three in the opening matchup. Justin Jefferson got taken away. I think some of the game plan heading into last week was like, let's establish the run so we can maybe get a couple guys more in the box and, and, and maybe free up Justin Jefferson on the outside. They tried to commit to the run. They really did. And, and there were just constant negative plays. Obviously they abandoned the run in the second half when they're down by two touchdowns, mm-hmm. um, Justin Jefferson has the best game of his career, at least yardage wise, but the, the running game still the, the whole day um, just lacking. Um, th- does that something that concerns you moving forward? Is that just a one-off, you know, like this is go- what, you know, what happens sometimes in the NFL or is this, is this a sign of a bigger problem for, for the Vikings? Yeah. So I was looking since the bye week. So this is starting in the Arizona game cook at 111 yards against Arizona. 47 against Washington, which that game was just ugly in general. Uh, 119 against Buffalo, though that was 181 yard run, right? That kind of skews the stats. Uh, 72 against Dallas, which is more than I thought, given I was like, you know, Cousins had 105 yards passing. The whole thing was dysfunctional. 42 against New England, which New England was considered in taking him out, I guess, maybe once they figure out they couldn't take out Jefferson. 86 against the, the Jets and 23 against Detroit. I think it was interesting that Cook actually was good against Detroit in the first game in week three, 96 yards rushing. Um, that was the game, of course, they they held Jefferson to 14. Um, Hawkinson was on Detroit at that time. So, you know, like it was really the the running game that kind of salvaged that to the extent like mm-hmm. we can say something positive about that game. But um, 
I it's concerning in the sense that a lot comes off the the running game. So it's not just simply running the ball, controlling the clock. Um, the fact that running is typically less risky, um, but it's like play action is setting up their explosive plays. And I think there are some stats that say like play action itself actually just kind of like creates explosive plays as in like, think of like Metellus biting or whatever. Yeah. Like, right. But it feels less likely that that will happen if you literally just run play action, but pass off it every time. And there's no rushing him. Um, I think it's concerning. I think it's worth noting they were on their backup center and the um, Derisaw was off out again. Yes, um, yes. I don't, the the mo on the lines was explosive offense and and not great defense, which is very funny considering like what you'd think of a Dan Campbell team, right? If you look at this guy who like works out as much as his players and fights a ton of co- yeah yeah yeah, just like he's an insane human man. Like you know, you think I think of like Detroit Dan Campbell intensity defense, right? And like it really is actually like Jamison Williams is going to burn you here. I'm you know St. Brown's going to burn you here and whatever. Like even that Reynolds guy looked really good, and he's further down on the depth chart. So yeah, you know I think they uh, they look like they clamped down on the run defense, right? And like and like made a concerted effort and did a good job with it. Having said that, like it's a concern if this trend continues. I'm just not convinced it will. Like if you go back to the bye week, I mean it's been trying to see here you know like we we have a large sample size it was week seven was their bye week so like cook has done fine in a lot of these and the other thing is it just feels like at some point o'connell's going to transition off it right like i don't think quasi would have given cook that contract you know what i'm saying and like if you had madison and like kenny or something trying to think who would the other running back would be um you would be it'd be less prioritized and it'd be used almost exclusively to set up explosive plays having said that we know like on the scale of like jared goff how how mcveigh treated goff and matt stafford kirk cousins who's been compared uh, kind of to both quarterbacks but to stafford a lot actually the offense operates more like the goff offense right Mm -hmm. so like it's concerning in the sense that like cousins is the quarterback for now um it's concerning how the offense is used. However, I was like, at some point, it almost seems like this is actually going to be the trend that it's not, you're not going to have a lot of games where like the running game drives the winning for you. Um, So yes, it's a concern. I just, it's, it's so different than the defense. It's not like a long-term concern to me. And it's also not even really a short-term concern because I think Cook's still going to have a hundred yard game at some point before the regular season ends. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, I think it's, it's easy to get caught up in kind of the moment with, with these things, um, especially when two things go poorly in one game, right? The defense couldn't stop a nosebleed on Sunday, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, that's been a huge issue, which it has. Dalvin Cook, I think, ran for like 26 yards. I think he had like six yards rushing in the first half and like 12 carries. And people take that, and they're like, well, Dalvin Cook stinks. He hasn't been good all year because of that one game where he looks ineffective, he's the sixth leading rusher in the NFL. This year. Mm-hmm. He has 950 yards rushing. So you're right, Tom, like 
this is a thing that I think they're going to continue to commit to, and I think it's going to work for them fine. But at some point, I think in the playoffs, you open it up a little bit more. Um, you still have to have a commitment to the run because as, as you were kind of alluding to, like that does set up the big plays. They, the Vikings don't have a lot of them this year, but when they do, a lot of it comes out of play action. You know, a lot of it comes out of at least keeping the defense honest in the secondary, um, maybe freeing up Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen one-on-one on the outside. That's hard to do if, if, if Dalvin cook isn't running the ball with consistency, with regularity. Um, if, you lose him for a game and he has six, seven carries. Um, why would they, why would you respect the run at all? So I, I think that concern is something that over the final month of the regular season, we'll see kind of be quelled. Um, I think they're going to stick with Dalvin cook. I think Dalvin cook's been good this year. I, I do think he's lacked a little bit of burst at times. I don't mm-hmm. think he looks like the same explosive runner that he did coming out of Florida state as a rookie. I think that's fine. I, I think he's still a, a very, very good running back in the league. Um, I think he's a weapon that Kevin O'Connell can use. Um, so I'm, I'm not super concerned with that. When we were talking before the show, you made a good point, though. Like the running game, a concern, maybe, maybe not. Like, what about the receiving core? And Adam Thielen had a really mm-hmm. good game. And KJ Osborne actually had a pretty good game the other day. TJ Hawkinson, I think we both can agree it is probably the number two pass catcher on this team outside of mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson. Does the consistency or anything around Justin Jefferson, like how does, how does that stack up to you? Uh, you know, because Justin Jefferson's going to get his week in week out. If there's a time where, where a team's able to take him away or, or stymie him a little, regardless of what we saw last week against the lions, because they are the 31st worst defense in the league. It flip flop. <laughs> like yeah. do pass catchers outside of Jefferson concern you moving forward when the Vikings are going to play top tier defenses in the playoffs? Yeah. I mean, obviously I think they would have been in trouble if they had given into Belichick and been like, take Jefferson away. We'll, we'll win the other guys. There's a reason why they, schemed him open they seem to be doing enough at the very least to get justin jefferson open it doesn't seem like in the games where he's been slow it's been like because of scheme or because you know what i mean like like the Mm -hmm. the detroit game it was week three cousins just wasn't throwing into tight windows and and that's not exclusively why justin jefferson had 14 yards but like there's certainly a trust that's been built up over the course of the season and that's the thing that's changed most with kirk it's not Justin Jefferson's fault that like he had a slow game against Dallas. Dallas just mauled cousins. And I think he actually had, so he had the, the least amount of separation. I think against Buffalo, he had the most against Dallas. It's just like, they couldn't get him in the ball because um, cousins was on the, on the ground. Um, KJ Osborne, who I think there's been like too much focus on. He took a monumental leap, right? Last year. I think it was unrealistic to think he'd do the same thing this year. Um, He's talked about how he's doing things to open up Justin Jefferson. Like conceptually, I think everyone can understand it's much smarter to use Osborne to clear defenders away from Justin Jefferson than to try to like force him the ball. Mm -hmm. But even looking at like the target distribution again, that the Lions defense, not very good. And the Vikings had to rely on the run, but Justin Jefferson at 15, Hawkinson eight, Thielen eight, Osborne five. And so this isn't three deep. This isn't, you know, you, when you looked at like, that was such a unique situation where like Randy Moss was stupid good. 
Carter established, you know what I mean? And uh, Jake Reed had been there forever. So like he, he if anything, like kind of knew the Vikings offense as well or better than those other guys. So like um, this would have been different, right? You'd have the veteran Thielen, but I think Thielen, I think there's a question of, Hey, I think he's hurt. Like every time I've said this before on the show, but every time he gets hit like really badly, he like looks more injured than he should be. And oh. I'm like, maybe, yeah, O'Connell even said that yesterday. He said there's the bruising in the knee that just has become an issue for for, for Thielen. So yeah, you're, and I th- you're right. You've been saying it all for for months now. Yeah, and I think I think that's a good example of in football, and I think in sports in general, we talk about injured and hurt. I mean, it's functionally the same thing. Like if you're just a human, you're like, yeah, you're injured and hurt. That's this. You're you're not yeah, feeling yeah, well, right? Yeah. But but like in football, it's can you play with this or can you play through it? And I think bruising and and what Thielen has here is he can play through it and if you look at him in the locker room he's not like limping around right I mean he's certainly like when on the quote-unquote healthy plays he's running precise routes or whatever but again looking forward a little bit like Mm -hmm. I think Thielen is who he is this year and I think he to me reads as receiver three who's dependable on third down dependable in the red zone I think he's a good influence on Justin Jefferson I know people don't like the off-field stuff but He's said multiple times, he's like, yeah, we watched the film and I think he's shown him why like cousins can't get the ball to him on certain plays. And I think that's really instructive for a young receiver, mm-hmm. um, especially because it's not like Thielen never had issues with cousins. We remember on the sideline him, you know, we're like, cousins, <laughs> why are you telling the all pro receiver how to run around? But like, you know, they like, I think he's, he's done kind of, it, that's what he ages into. And he's like the third option and a good influence. And it's not just on Jefferson, but like Osborne or the receiver they draft next year, if they do, um, that's a reasonable expectation given Thielen's age, undrafted player, all this stuff we know. Right. right. Um, if Osborne is effective in any capacity, it works as long as he's the fourth guy. Right. I just don't think he's going to leap to number two. Um, so if, if he, he stole the ball from a player in, uh, um, against new England, Right. cousins trust him going on third down um he it seems like you know he looks like he belongs i guess on the field right and then i think the uh i think the bigger question is just like ken hawkinson the special tight end but not a receiver be your number two um and this is just i think in the short term it will not matter in the regular season in my mind it will matter in the playoffs if they play better competition because someone's going to figure out how to limit jefferson to some extent in the playoffs. Um, it will matter going forward because Jefferson can't do it on his own. I know he's pushing the limits on what that is, but like we can't expect this from him every week. And and uh, and it's just addressing them. The number two is going to be really interesting, especially when people go, Jamison Williams looks good and the Vikings could have drafted him. Christian Watson looks really good and they could have drafted him. It's going to be pressure on the next draft. Can you yeah. find a player of equal caliber a year from now? Yeah. For sure, Tommy, you're, you're teeing up the segues perfectly today. It's like we're we're, we're gaining chemistry by the yes. episode. Yes, you mentioned playoffs. The, this is not going to matter in the regular season. Um, I think that's a good point. The teams the Vikings play from here on out not that good. Um, I you know the Colts not that good. The Giants I think we're kind of starting to see not that mm-hmm. good. I think Dable's a good coach. That there's just not enough t- players on that team, not enough weapons on that team. Packers, not that good. Bears, not that good. Um, but the playoffs, the, the teams itself are better, and, and the defenses will be better. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about the playoffs, though, because the Vikings are 10-3 and three now. They're the number two seed. 
they have no hope, no prayer at, at the one seed anymore. That kind of went out the window last week, and, and Philly looks like a wagon. Um, when we talk, when we come back, we'll talk about playoff seeding. Can the Vikings bank on this two seed? I know I just said that they're ba- they're playing basically not good teams for the rest of the way. Um, but the 49ers, they, I don't think there's someone to scoff at. More on that when we come back.